Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. A life that is only full of riches of this world will soon end in regret. Uh, Many people have the wrong perception about the riches of this world. They think that being rich is the answer to all the problems. Uh, They believe that being rich is the best life or maybe the better life. And uh, being rich is happiness. And I believe the reason why is because they have this great love for riches. They love the money and the riches of this world. The love of money or riches can bring great deception and confusion about the true value of life. And as we know, uh, the Bible says, uh, uh, keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And what we truly love will dictate how we perceive this life and what kind of decisions and choices that we make. So a person who loves the riches of this world, uh, they are somewhat confused and they're in deception to think that riches are the answers to all the problems and it is a better life and it equals happiness. Uh, But I think what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, look at verse 9 and 10, and it's on the screen as well, but it says in verse 9, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Verse 10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So it's very clear that love for riches and love for money brings temptations. It brings snares, meaning traps in life. It brings foolish and hurtful lusts. Uh, It brings erring from the faith, and you depart from the principle uh, and the belief of the Word of God. And and also the Bible says that we pierce ourselves. We have self-inflected sorrow. So the Bible is very clear in warning us the love of riches... And the love alone for those things will only bring regret. It doesn't bring satisfaction at the end. And that is the deception of the love of riches. You think that it will satisfy you if you have certain amount of money and certain amount of status in life, but... I want to encourage you from the Scripture, that is not so. And and if you're a born-again Christian, uh, let us recognize that the love of riches will never satisfy our soul, but the love of Christ will. It is the love of Christ that constraineth us. And uh, it is the love of Christ that helps us to live a life that is humble and and uh, full of the Holy Spirit, and, and also giving, uh, ha- having the right decisions and choices in life, not based on what we love, based on how much Christ loves us and how we need to love Him back. I read in Psalms this past week uh, about the end of those who are just rich, and, and, and they're just honorable, and they're, 
uh, society, and, and they have no understanding of God and wisdom. And, and this is what the Bible says concerning them. In Psalm 49, look at verse 16. It says, Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased, for when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. In verse 20, in that same psalm, Man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the what? The beast that perisheth. It's like an animal that just dies. And as we think about the scripture, how convicting. A man might be honorable in society, a man might be very rich, uh, in their lifetime, but at the end, when that person does not have understanding, especially the understanding of the gospel, understanding of truth, understanding of who God is, and also who honors and who also uh, uh, gives to mankind, if they don't have that, the Bible says that man is like a beast that perisheth. A man who is just living by the riches of this world and for the love of riches will have nothing at the end, according to these verses. Why? Because that's all he lived for. And he can carry nothing away. That's why in verse 17 in Psalm 49 it says, When he died, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Question for all of us today, are we going to just live for riches? Because you're not going to take riches with you. You're not going to take your money with you. You're not going to take your honorable status with you. Riches do not remain, but leaves, and leaves us with regret. I think about Judas Iscariot in the Bible, and he tried to live for the riches of this world, and he loved that 30 shekels of silver. By the way, he was right next to Jesus Christ. I mean, how much can you get near to Christ and Jesus, Judas Iscariot? He traveled with Christ. He saw the miracles of Christ. He, saw the, he heard the words of Christ. And, and uh, I mean, uh, uh, he slept in the same quarter and maybe in the same area as Christ. And, and he saw the personality of Christ. And, and he saw everything about Christ. But the snare of the love of riches got the best of him. And he ended up in regret. In Matthew chapter 27, look at verse 5. He cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. That's regret. You can't love Christ and world's riches. It's either you love Christ or the world's riches. You cannot have both. In Luke chapter 16, verse 13, the Bible says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And a few verses later, and Jesus Christ gives a story of the rich man and Lazarus. How many remember that story? Just soon after, he talks about how no servant can serve two masters, and, and you cannot serve God and man, meaning you cannot serve God in the riches of this world. He gives a story of Lazarus. He gives a story of the rich man, and, and, uh, and, and, the, and the Bible is very clear that Lazarus, the poor man, went to Abram's bosom. 
the uh, the Old Testament paradise, and then the rich man went down to hell. The rich man lived in an honorable state. He lived in a very uh, 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 fluent uh, uh, life. But as we think about this man, uh, uh, he died without Christ. He died without believing God, and he was in hell. And of course, we see the regret that he had. He even wanted his uh, brothers to be saved. He says, I have uh, uh, siblings up there, and uh, I want to go back and let them know. Would you send somebody else? And of course, Abram said, no, they have the Moses and the prophets. What's that saying? It's saying they have the word of God. They don't need another vision or some kind of miracle. No, they need the word of God. And, And if they reject the word of God, they'll not believe in any other miracles. And as we think about this regret of this man, we must uh, recognize the fact that uh, at the end, uh, we will uh, be defined by what we have chosen in life. I heard that a Sunday school teacher was telling the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and she said that Lazarus sat outside the rich man's gate, covered with sores and begging for food, and that rich man passed, and Lazarus without even seeing him. But when they both died, Lazarus went to heaven, and while the rich man found himself in hell, while the teacher described most graphically... And uh, when she had finished the lesson, she asked the children, Now, which would you rather be, the rich man or Lazarus? One little fellow answered, I would like to be the rich man until I die, and then Lazarus afterwards. And with a humorous sigh, you know, you just can't have both. You can't love riches and Christ at the same time, and then expect to have a satisfactory end. And how the young rich man couldn't love Christ as much as he loved his possession. And we see that story in the gospel. And he couldn't inherit the kingdom of God because his love for the kingdom of this world exceeded his love for God. Even though he kept all the laws, even though he kept all the commandments, he just could not take away his possession, give to the poor. Why? He loved the love of money. He could not love Christ. He could not love God the same way. And he went away grieving in regret. How so many people are not saved like the rich man and this young rich man that Christ also tried to lead. How there there are many people like that today because they just love this world and the riches thereof rather than loving Christ. Christ spoke of the parable of the sower Some seeds landed on the wayside, and some seeds landed on the stony grounds. And then the Bible says that some seeds landed on thorny grounds. The ground symbolized the cares and the deceitful and the riches of this world, talking about the grounds that are filled with thorns. Christ says in Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word of God and cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts a lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. How amazing. As much as the word of God is so powerful, the heart of man could choke the word of God. It cannot apply to them. Why? Because they're ground is full of thorns. What does that mean? The Bible says it is full of the cares and the deceitfulness of riches. So the word of God was not profitable for them. 
So there is no fruit. Never got saved. And there, and there might be someone, someone here this morning. You might have a, a religious background. You might have a church experience in life. And, and you might have kept some commandments according to the scripture. Like the uh, uh, young rich uh, uh, man in the gospel. But I wonder if you're truly born again. Or the cares and the lusts of this world. Is it choking the word of God? Is it choking the gospel for you not to be profitable and for you not to be saved, for you not to be fruitful? But if you have received Christ as your personal Savior, thank God the word of God landed on good ground. And you were humble enough to say, I'm a sinner, I'm a, I'm a terrible sinner, I deserve hell, and I don't care about this world, I want Christ, I need Christ to save my soul. And you recognize that all the gains in this world is nothing compared to the fact that, uh, uh, that Jesus Christ could be your Savior. And you recognize that and you receive them. And, uh, and, and we thank God for your testimony. And, but let us remember that we need to love Christ always first. And didn't Christ say to the people in, in uh, 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 Matthew chapter 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. And, and uh, 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 you know, he's, he even says, I take care of the sparrows, and I take care of the lilies of the, uh, and the flowers of the field. I take care of that. Hey, you're more valuable than them. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. What is that saying? Seek God first. Not the riches of this world, not the love of this world. No, seek God first, and then God will supply. I don't know about you, I think God does a better job of supplying to our lives than the world can, amen? I just read in Psalms that he owns uh, 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 the cattle of the thousand hills, and, and he says the gold and silver is mine. How dare we love this world and the riches of this world rather than our God who could bless us more bountifully and more in a way that will last for all eternity and that he'll get the glory and honor for it. And we think about Proverbs here in Proverbs chapter 1 and 2 and, and the writer is giving an admonition and a warning. Hey, do not choose the riches of this world and the lust and the love of this world, hey, choose what is truly more valuable according to what God wants you to choose and seek the kingdom of God. I believe that there are three wonderful better fruits than the worldly riches that we could choose from. And this is based on what God wants us to do and based on how we seek the Lord. And I hope these three simple points will help us this morning to choose better and to live better. And, 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 and the world says, hey, here's a better life. Hey, let's not trust in what the world says. Let's trust in what God says. God always will give us a better life. And he has given us a better life already. We're saved. What more can we want? We have heaven as our own. We have mansions waiting up in heaven. And uh, so let me just share with you three better fruits this morning. Number one, testimony is better. 
God says testimony is better. Seek me and, and the good name and, 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 and good identification rather than uh, your possessions. In verse 1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Notice the word chosen. Do we choose who we are or do we choose what we have? Being who we are is worth more than anything else in this world. Because at the end, that's all that counts. Look what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Look at verse 1. Let's read this together if you can. Ready? A good name is better than precious ointment, and a day of death than the day of one's birth. Wow. You know, we rejoice when a newborn comes to life. What a wonderful, you know... Uh, time of rejoicing. And, uh, and it's going to be great. And uh, Brother Joe is going to have a baby as well in, in a month or so. And, and uh, we'll probably congratulate him and we'll send him cards and we'll visit him in the hospital and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, probably have a baby dedication next year and all that wonderful things. And, uh, and what a time of rejoicing and to realize, hey, God has given life. But the Bible says, Day of death is better than the day of one's birth. Why is that? Because at the day of death, the life is summarized. Uh, I, I have a one-year-old boy right now. His name is Silas. Okay. And uh, he's just been living in this world just for one year. Okay. Oh, of course, if you want to take into the nine months, I understand. One, one year and nine months. And, uh, but, you know, one year and nine months. And uh, I don't know the summarization of his life. I can't predict the future. I'm just rejoicing that he's here. And he's happy that he's here too. Yeah. I don't know what's going to be the conclusion of his life. I believe that's why the Bible is saying that the day of death is better than the uh, one's birth. Now, if you want to take into the spiritual account, I think about how, you know, uh, the day of death for our lives is better because we get to go to heaven and we get to be with Jesus Christ. Uh, but just in the, uh, uh, the practical sense here, and it's very clear from the scripture that the day of death is better than the day of his birth, and I believe that it's because maybe the summarization of a life can be, can be accounted for now. So at the day of death, what will people say about you? It won't be the matter of what you have, but who you were. Henry Hines was born in 1844, a German immigrant in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He helped to support his family as a teenager by growing and selling vegetables in the family garden. After graduating from college and getting married, he started a business selling horseradish. In 1875, a national financial collapse drove the young company to bankruptcy, and despite legal freedom bankruptcy gave him, Heinz regarded each of the company's outstanding debts as a moral obligation and personally paid back every single penny. Heinz went on to find the H.J. Heinz Company with its 57 varieties and became a leading American businessman. And he was a devout, devout Christian. 
He was known for the generous treatment of his employees and his generosity to Christian causes. And throughout his life, Heinz conducted his business and personal dealings with the same integrity that led him to pay back hundreds of thousands of thousands of dollars he technically did not owe. And he felt that, hey, I want to make sure I keep the right character. And I want to make sure I keep the right principle, even though I have all the freedom in having all the possession in this world. And, and uh, uh, he began his will with these words before he died. He said, I desire to set forward at the very beginning of this will as the most important item in it, a confession of my faith in Jesus Christ, my Savior. And uh, what a wonderful statement by Mr. Hines. My identification, who I am, is more important than what I have. Let me tell you about my life. In my will, it was about Jesus Christ. A good name is better than, it's better, it's better, it's rather to be chosen than great riches. And by the way, a good name and the good Savior. And Mr. Hines did not look at what he owned, but who, who he was in Christ. Testimony is better. I think about my father. Uh, he was a very successful businessman. He was a successful uh, uh, stockbroker and, and a banker as well. And he just had a, just a, a regular high school degree. And he just studied on his own. And he got hired at a bank. He just, just kept on climbing the corporate ladder and, and became a vice president of a, uh, a stockbroking company. And, and uh, just became a very successful man. And, of course, some... Um, a uh, dire situation happened. He made the wrong choice about finances, and, and of course, he kind of lost it all. And he was very smart. He was a very intellectual man. And uh, not like me, to be honest. I'm more simple. And, uh, and, uh, but my father was very smart, very book smart, and, and just very wise. And, uh, but as I think about his life, you know, I don't really care how rich he was. don't really care how smart he was. I just care about the fact that he became, he became a Christian before he passed away. He received Christ as Savior. And Christ was in him. And that last one year of his life, he glorified Christ. I still have a picture on him in a wheelchair, or, uh, uh, in a wheelchair and, 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 and singing praises to God. And uh, he wanted to read his Bible. He said, if I get better, I want to go to Bible college. I want to study the Word of God. Never got to do that. That touches my heart more than any riches that he ever gained in this world. Parents, teach your children about Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not the hope of this world and the riches of this world. Study this much and you get a good job. You get a big house. You get a good car. That's all you're going to teach your children. Marry a good man who has big pockets. Marry an educated girl with successful degree. and the worldly people will do that very well. But we're Christians. 
We're born again Christians. If we are, Benjamin, Christ is better. Christ in us is better than anything else in this world. Now, God will bless you. I, I understand. And, and many of you are blessed already. I thank God for many of your testimonies. God has given you a home. God has given you wonderful uh, uh, vehicles. And God has given you a good retirement plan. And thank God for that. And that's God-given. Glorify the Lord for it. But make sure you teach your children kingdom of God first. Christ in us first. Identification with God first. Not the possession of this world. That's latter. That's secondary. Testimony is better. A good name is better. Secondly, relationship is better. Verse 2, and a loving favor rather than the silver and gold. The Bible says, charity never faileth. Would you say that with me? Charity never faileth. It endures time. Riches will fail, relationship, but love of God will never fail. So choose loving favor and choose relationship first. Choose Christ first. Choose God. Choose your relationship with your Savior first. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 16, better is litter with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. And how precious is your devotion with God every single day? How precious is your prayer time with God? How precious is your relationship with your Savior this morning? How it was worth more than any millions and billions of dollars that the world could provide for you. Relationship with God is better. Loving favor with God is better. Second, loving favor in relationship with others is better. In verse 17, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stall ox and a hatred therewith. How many marriages and families are suffering because all they have is materialism, all they have is money. They have no love in the family. Many children are spoiled and their hearts are bought with materialism. That's how some parents rear their children. They just buy and buy and buy and give and give. The temporary things of this world and that and Asian, that is so shallow in relationship. There's no depth in that. If you're rearing your children that way, if I am rearing my children that way, my children do not love me. My children love what I could give them rather than loving me. It's a wrong practice. Now, our God gives us many things, amen? He has given his son to us. Now, think about it. Do we, if you could just not heckle, I appreciate that. If in every way, as we think about our lives, how our God gives to us, we must recognize the fact that we're not supposed to love the giving. We're supposed to love the, the giver, the person. And by the way, not necessarily because he gives to us all the time but because of who he is. 
And, and ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure we parent in the right direction. Fathers, lead your son. Lead your son into a relationship. And, 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 and mentor your son and, and correct your son and, and do all that you can to mold your son so that that son will become like Jesus Christ. And now we can't do it in our own power, but how we must have that goal in our hearts and how we must pray toward that end. Relationship is better than any riches and anything that we could buy to give to others. And let us make sure we have uh, love that will last, charity that never fails. Riches come and go, and they are uncertain. In First Timothy chapter six, verse seventeen, charge them that are rich in this world uh, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. In Proverbs twenty-three, verse five, wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings; they fly away as an eagle toward heaven. You know the Bible is very clear that riches come and go. They don't. They're not here to stay. But relationship, they are here to stay. Your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your sibling, your relationship within the church. You're stuck with me, brother. You're stuck with me, sister. I'm going to see you in heaven, whether you like it or not. We're all saved. I might have my house right next to you, too. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm just simply saying... I'm not trying to scare you, okay, <laughs> all right? And, uh, but I'm just simply saying this morning that our relationship in Christ and relationship with others is so much more valuable. And, and let's make sure we invest in that. Invest in your children. Invest in your marriage. When's the last time you say you love your wife, husband? When's the last time you say, I love you? To your, uh, uh, to your husbands, wives. Where is that love? Where is that love that that had you come together in marriage? When was the last time you told your children that you loved them? And and that love needs to abound. The love of Christ. Many times we just say, "Do this, do that," but how about? How about loving each other? Where is that in place? Let's treasure our family. Let's treasure our relationship with others. Number three, humility is better. Verse two, the rich and poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Before God Almighty, the rich and poor stand together. God is the maker of them both. Rather rich or poor, we must... Be humble. Why? Because we are all accountable to God. A lot of people think that if you have certain, I guess, uh, riches of this world, that you are better than everybody else. But you stand before God, we're all nothing. We're all nothing. What riches wants to do wants to just build up your pride and deceive you to think that you're something better than what you really are. All men will perish. All men will go to the grave. All people will face death one day. And we will leave everything here. They will all stand before a holy, just God. 
and in this church. Doesn't matter how much you make. Doesn't matter how much you will make. We're all just saved by grace. We're all just sinners. Just the other day, uh, last week, a lady came by the office and knocked on the office door. I cracked open the door just kind of make sure it's the right person that's knocking on the door sometimes. Some druggies come through and some people just barge in. I remember one gentleman, I think he was about six, six, six feet, and uh, I mean, he started growling and just yelling and, and uh, I had to shut all the doors and call the police. And, and the police responded in 20 minutes, but that man just went away and, and that man was just kind of just, just demented in, in a certain way and certain things happen like that at our church. And, and not on Sundays, thank God, but sometimes during the week. And, and um, so if you don't find me next week, that's why, amen, okay? And, <laughs> but anyways, um, but this lady came by. I think she was in her 50s or so. And uh, she covered her mouth as she was talking. But as soon as I opened that door, I, I, I just got a rush of the smell. And, uh, oh, man, it was very unbear- it, it was very unbearable. Just being honest with you, I'm not trying to, be, to disrespect this lady, but it was just unbearable to just stand there and just get a, get a wind of that. And uh, it's obvious that she hasn't taken showers or bath in months. And she covered her mouth, and maybe she was kind of scared about her uh, teeth. And sometimes, you know, people who are on drugs and who are meth especially, they have a lot of rotten teeth, and it just becomes a very hideous situation. And, and then this lady just asked, started going into the story, and I just said, do you need some help? And, 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 I, and I asked her, do you need some money? And, and she said, yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be nice. And I said, I'll be right back. Got a track and got a, got a $20 bill and I gave it to her, and I saw her feet, and it was just, it was just black, just dark, and just dirty. She was wearing slippers. And I said to her, if you ever like to visit Bible Baptist Church, you're more than welcome to come. We'd love for you to come and we'd love for you to read what's in that track as well. I felt guilty during that process that I wasn't a better Christian to think of her as a soul before I gave her the track. In my mind, oh, you know, I don't know this lady, and uh, my children are here, and I just want to have her go on our way. But I realized that she is made in the image of God, that Jesus Christ died for her, that she has a soul that's worth more than any billions and trillions of dollars in this world, and that Jesus loves her, and that Jesus will have her at Bible Baptist Church, God's people say. And, and we need to see not the riches of this world on a pedestal. We really need to see the broader vision, the bigger vision of God, and how he sees souls of men and people, and how he sees us. It doesn't matter what we have. It's matters of who we are in Christ humble. Recognize who you are. Recognize you're a sinner saved by grace. 
recognize that you're nothing before God. You're just a little speck of dust in this big, vast universe. But Jesus Christ died for your soul. Jesus thought of your sin. And Jesus redeemed you from Satan and this world. And he has a beautiful place called heaven waiting for you. Be humble. Humility is better. God is the maker of them all. The rich and poor meet together. They realize, oh, we're all the same. We're all the same. We're just souls before Almighty God. We're accountable to Him.